to be back. Glad to, uh, to be with you. It's a privilege. Awesome to have you guys. You know, usually you are on the other side, which is great. It's fantastic. Um, we've been going through building on the foundation. And uh, we've gone through one, two, three, four, five, six of those. The Bible, God attributes and character, the person of Jesus Christ, the works of Christ, salvation, the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we have spent maybe two two Sundays on prayer and the believer, and we probably do prayer today. Next Sunday, uh, we are going to have a family meeting. We will present uh, the results from last year and our budget for this year in Sunday school. We will have a small, uh, quick uh, meditation on the word, but then we'll get into presenting the state of the church, uh, Freddie and I. And then, um, then we'll finalize probably with prayer the, let's see, that's the 6th, the 13th of February. Uh, yeah, February 6th and 7th, that's the 13th. And then we'll go from there uh, to the church fellowship and worship. I might, I might skip that one to the lat and then go straight to uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, I know the men have gone through, through uh, that video, right, Troy? Uh, so we went through this prayer and addressed such a petition to God or a God, little g, in word or thought. That's the definition, but... Uh, and we talked about this, the prevailing idea seems to be that uh, I come to God and ask him for something that I want, and that I expect him to give me that which I have asked. Mm-hmm. But this is a most dishonoring and degrading conception, and that's why we're talking about prayer, because we don't want to do that. The popular belief reduces God to a servant, our servant, doing our bidding, performing our pleasure, granting our desires. No, that should be capital. No, prayer is a coming to God, telling him my need, committing my way unto the Lord. And I want to stress that, committing my way unto the Lord and leaving him to deal with it as it seems him best. And that's where we struggle the most, Right? That's the greatest hindrance to our prayer, that we don't trust God to do what is best according to Him. Our our humanity gets in the way of our beliefs. And we talked about nature of prayer as a learning experience. It is an exchange of intimacy with God. And it has, it's effective. Prayer is effective. And we said, you know, we talked about that the prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And that's biblical truth. And we talked about what that means. And now we, uh, we talked about the practice of prayer. I think it was two Sundays ago. Troy, what did you, what did you cover when, we, uh, when you talked about prayer? 
He doesn't remember. We either. <laughs> it's so easy to ask him, isn't it? Important consideration of effective prayer. I don't know. That sounds like a lot of theological mumbo-jumbo, but that's okay. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's important. It's what is an effective prayer. You know, but we talked about that. Actually, you talked about that. I wasn't here, but we covered that. What's effective prayer? Because, like we talked earlier, it's not about our needs, because God knows our needs, and he promised to provide for our needs. So he will provide for our needs. It's how we come to the Lord, how we pray to him, how we give our lives to him that makes our prayer effective. When we put him in the right place in our minds, because he's in the right place, we're the ones who bring him down. The misconceptions we talked about earlier, too. You weren't here. The okay. All right, but it's a, that. But that, that's what that's what we cover. You know, the effectiveness. What makes a, a prayer effective? You know, does he answer? Does he answer the prayer of an unbeliever? And the answer is no. Common grace. He gives the needs, and he provides for everyone based on common grace certain things and yes those but those are given that is given to us how well oh it's a very question how about it well and i'm i don't know i don't know i think i think the the, the question is what if they pray for salvation anyone i don't know the answer I'm just here coordinating this conversation. How you like that? Yes, sir. Is that were you calling me with that whistle? It could be. <laughs> I'm not your dog, Mister. <laughs> yes, sir. No, forget it. All right. Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Just say yes, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Be sure. Right. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely yes. Because the toggling of the heart, we said it's not coming from us. It's the Lord, right? He is the one who puts it there. And that's why we believe, we believe in election. That's when we start connecting all of those theological terms, right? What do you think, sir? Sure. Sure what? Sure. Okay, that was an answer. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? I'm sorry. I'll be with you. What do you think, Michael? Sure. I would have to agree. Yes, ma'am. Right. Is there, is there a... A scriptural reference. Um, the top of my mind, I, I want to say yes. I can't go to it. I can't go to it, but yes. And we'll talk about hindrance of praying in a sec. Um, and I think it will answer that, that question. I think it will.
But um, when we pray for salvation, most often, most often, comes with a realization of our need for that Savior and the realization of we are nothing. We are, we can't do it. And I think it ties to, to the call. We're answering that call. Make sense? I'm not going very deep like Troy does, but uh, I think that's the answer. Uh, and we, we talked very briefly about Matthew 6, teaches to pray. And he says, when you pray to God, pray to God, exalt him, submit to him, look to him, confess to him, depend on him, and trust in him. Let's go. Let's read it. Just to, I know it's a, it's a very well-known passage, but let's go, let's go there. Let's go to Matthew 6. By the way, if I have time, we wanna go, I want to go through Psalm 86 as a example of prayer. But uh, let, let's continue on, and if I get time, then we'll go through that. If not, we'll take it uh, the 13th, and we'll spend the whole hour on Psalm 86. So we're going to Matthew, right? Matthew 6, verse 9. It says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, who are we praying to? We're praying to our Father, God in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're exalting him and we're submitted to him. Your will be done. What you want to be done, to be done on heaven and earth, right? I know I'm, uh, I'm uh, reviewing for, for the choir, but it's important. Give us this day our daily bread. So give us our needs. Fulfill our needs. Most often, when we struggle with prayer, unanswered prayer, it's a want, not a need, generally. Oh, he's not answering my prayer. Well, are we submitted to him? No, he answered your prayer. Amen, right? And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And that is the hardest part in that prayer. Because it's forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. So is he forgiven all your debts? Are you forgiven all your debtors? Hmm, we should. I know we should, but that's not what I asked. You don't need to answer. But is he forgiven all your debts like you are forgiven all your debtors? That's a difficult one but they deserve it. They were mean to me. 
They hurt me. They should be hurt. It's hard. It's difficult to mature. But we do it. And lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. So, we pray to God. We exalt him. We submit to him. We look to him. We confess to him. And we depend on him. And we trust in him. And we talk, when we talk to the, the little kids about prayer, we talk about acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. That's a, a, a format for prayer. You wanted to say something, sir? Amen. Amen. Because it's all about him. And that's the point. It's all about him, not us. When we make it about us, we make it as A.W. Pink says. You know, it's, it's a servant to us, and he's not. He is not. We are to serve him, not the other way around. Make sense? All right, so hindrance to prayer. <clears throat> uh, Tony, uh, Psalm 66, 18. Mike, would you take James 4, 3? And Osborne, would you take 1 Peter 3, 7? Uh-huh. If I had cherished. Meaning what? What does that word mean? Love. I enjoyed iniquity in my heart. You notice something? It says, in my heart. It doesn't necessarily mean the action. You fulfill that straight from the heart. If my heart enjoys the thought of... Yes, ma'am. Say say again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's the King James. Remember, we said that wasn't a... <laughs> That's fine. Let's go to King James. It says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And if we go to... Uh, if we go to... Well, I'm going to... Another version. The, the CEV, Contemporary English Version. If I thought... If my thoughts had been sinful, he would, he would have refused to hear me. American Standard says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. See, what else? International Standard Version. Were I to cherish iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not listen to me. It's all of that. He will not listen. Yes, sir. Say again. I'm sorry. And I want to tie it back to <clears throat> the prayer of a righteous. Of a righteous man. 
And it's realizing, yes, we're all sinners, but we can't just hold on to our sin and not confess. And some sins will struggle, and it is a struggle. Yes. I understand, but that's, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's one thing is, I'm struggling with sin, I'm confessing, I'm looking um, to lean on other believers to help me with this struggle. And the other one is, it's my sin, I don't need to confess it, I actually enjoy my sin, and I can live my life around that sin. You're not confessing. You're not doing anything. On the contrary. On the contrary. You're not connecting to the Holy Spirit. You see how we're starting to connect all things? You're not depending on the Holy Spirit, on the counselor to help you. So I, I agree with you. It's one thing is when we struggle with it, but we want help and we confess. And the other one is when we live on that sin, and we enjoy living with that sin. Back to Matthew 6. Right. Right. <coughs> that it's not going to listen because they deserve it. The iniquity is in our heart. Oh, they came talk to me and they asked for forgiveness, but uh-uh. Uh-uh. They're just going through the motions. The pa- they talk to the pastor, the pastor talk to them, they talk to the pastor, talk to them, and no. James 4, 3. Who has it? Mike. Huh. And I, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk again about when we teach our children. <coughs> and, and we try to teach them to, to pray God-centered prayers. Why? Because most often they come as, it's my birthday, and I'm having a birthday party, and I want God to bless my birthday party. Like, perfect. How do we make that a God-centered prayer? What do you want to pray for? Well, I want to pray so no one gets hurt, okay? That's okay, but how do we make it a God-centered prayer? How do we bring God to this and not to fulfill our own pleasures? Are we, in our needs, in our wants, are we putting God first? In our prayers, because I want to be fulfilled personally, are we putting God first? And that actually... um, my book is, is back there. Um, I'm going to get it. Because this is, this is a moment we, we look at our purpose. And I know I'm connected to different things, but James says you don't get You ask for something, but do not get it because you ask for it for the wrong reason, for your own pleasure. 
okay? And most often we struggle with what is God's purpose in our lives, in the moment that we live, in the struggles that we go through. But we make it about ourselves. We make it about our own pleasure. I don't want to feel hurt. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to blah, 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 blah. I, 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 I. So I've been, I've been looking at why things happen the way they happen. And I found this book, and by the way, I just, I just got it. And the, and the, um, the title just, just caught my eyes called The Great Opportunity. And The Great Opportunity says, the undertitle, Making Disciples of Jesus in Every Vocation. And I keep coming back to literally this. Because most often, when I talk to someone and they come as, I, I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling at work, most often as an adult. As a young person, I'm struggling with what to, to study. And then we, it's all about us, I, and the pleasure I will get in the fulfillment of doing something. And, and I, I looked at this, and I started reading, I started listening to some of, uh, to some of the uh, podcasts. And it's all about when God calls you to be wherever you are and how you fulfill the Great Commission wherever you are. And, and the point that I'm trying to make is if we make that our mission, the mission of God to be our mission, it doesn't matter what you are or what you do, you're still fulfilling the Great Commission and you have found your purpose. You understand? I see you guys looking at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Victor. Yes, ma'am. Teach the truth with that. Right. Yes. Well, it's taken me this long to, to, but but you know what, um, and and I think that's that's, I'm struggling whether I wanna I wanna move our Sunday school to this, because it is it is that application of it's it's how do we live our lives. You know we we're great about and we and we fulfill the teaching of the theology, but what about the application of that theology? I don't disagree with what you're saying, but is it truly what we're doing? Don't answer. Is it truly how we act and how we live every single moment of our lives? Or do we disconnect when we go out through that door? And all of a sudden, it's a different Victor, it's a different Wade, it's a different Angela. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm not saying that we're bad people. All I'm saying is my realization on how I think. And I might have been doing it, but I have not made it a purpose. 
And we have to have purpose. And we have to remind ourselves. Otherwise, our prayers are hindered. Otherwise, we're just going through the motion so we can fulfill our pleasures. Are we trying to fulfill our our pleasures or are we trying to fulfill the Great Commission? And that's what I'm saying that I have struggled. And if I struggle, I know some of you are struggling too. Because I'm no better than you guys. I'm even worse than you guys. But we struggle. So when we, when we are going through, and I can only speak about my experience. When I'm in a board meeting, do I become them? Or I want to be the light? the Lord wants me to be. When I'm in my executive meeting, do they hear God or do they hear Victor? Do they hear love or do they hear Mecha Corta? Short fuse. Am I not listening or am I listening so I can understand. So I can be effective for the Lord. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 And, and not talking about relationships. How many people can you, will you impact wherever you are? You have no idea how many people come to my office. And I take it, and my boss knows it, and their bosses knows it, that I would say, let's pray. And we would pray. So find a way to do it, to fulfill that mission, to pray the prayer of honor to him, of praise to him and not for our own pleasure. First Peter, who has it? First Peter 3, 7. Hmm. In a similar way, go ahead and read it again, if you don't mind. It's talking directly to us, right? That one just went, oh, I didn't cover it. I got to cover it. That came straight to down. And I extend not just is husband and wives and honor each other. That's a, an application, a great application. Any comments there? I'm, don't you, I'm, I'm not commenting on anything. Live with your wives in an understanding way. First, seek to understand. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. They're not weak. Come on. (laughs) I love your face. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. 
That's a great sentence. Your heirs with you of the grace of life. The life in him. That's what he's talking about. Yes, ma'am. That verse right there, it just destroys it. Right. Right. But it's but it has to do with how culturally it became and how we're not truly fulfilling right right all of that yeah no i agree anybody else well she says she was i don't know i don't know yeah but you, you yeah well let's not go there oh, oh. No, i'm kidding i'm kidding I'm kidding. I don't know. My wife is perfect. She is. She's a perfect wife. Love you, honey. <laughs> See? Be careful. <laughs> All right. Let's continue on. So why do we struggle with prayer? Anyone? Why do we struggle? Yes, ma'am. You, you, you're making it off with the last two Sundays. Because we don't get how simple it is. It's just a... Yeah, I know, I'm God, but no, don't, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Anyone else? Uh, Shorty, can you read Luke 6.12? Wade, can you read Luke 22.44? And dear John, Colossians 4.2? And I have one more. Psalm 13, 1 and 2. Uh, Astrid, would you take that? Right. Luke 6, 12. So why do we struggle? Because we don't pray all night like Jesus did. We just don't make time for it. We just don't do it. You know, and I know I said it here, you know, it's like we don't have time. It's like we don't make time. What I've done is, on my drives from and to home, between catching up with calls, call my mom, call my dad, I call whomever, I pray. Of course, I don't close my eyes, but I pray. We have time. It's just, we believe it has to be in a place, and yes, it does. We don't want interruptions, but you can turn the radio off. You can turn whatever talk radio. I like to listen to talk radio, and that's a story Esther and I have. I always have until I met her. And I told her, you know, I like to listen to talk radio, and the next time we got in the car, we were listening to music. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess you're on the radio. <laughs> Fine, no problem. But it's doing it. It's a conversation. Luke twenty-two forty-four. Luke twenty-two forty-four. Huh. 
And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Have you been in agony? I have to say that I have not. Some are nodding yes. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Pray earnestly as if you were in agony. Pray without ceasing, says somewhere else. Colossians 4, 2. Uh-huh. I just mentioned it. Continue. Say again. Say it again. Continue. Steadfastly. What does that mean? Unchanging, unwavering. Consistent. We all agree? So why do we struggle? Just do it. Psalm 13, 1 and 2. Hmm. Even when we struggle, even when we don't think he's hearing us, David pray and continue to pray. So why do we stop? Why do we stop? Where is our faith on? And that's where we struggle. Who do we have faith on? Little G God or a sovereign God? Huh? And I'm going to read the last one I have here. It's Psalm 22, 2. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. He still prayed. But we stopped praying. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. And I would add something to that because it happens to me all the time. This is where our dependence on the Holy Spirit comes. Remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit and we don't talk enough, that we don't depend enough on Him. This is exactly when we need Him the most. This is exactly when we have to say, Oh, Holy Spirit. And this is where, say again, I'm sorry. Guide me. Yes. Yes. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what to pray. And my mind is wandering and it's just going, help me. We're needy people. Even when you don't think you have needs, we're needy people. No, I got this. You ain't got nothing. So depend on the Holy Spirit to help you pray in adoration, in confession, in thanksgiving, in supplication. Go back to Matthew 6, 6, 9 to 13, and read 14 and 15 and 16. I think I added one. And read it again. And meditate in the Word. We talked about meditation a long time ago. Meditating in the Word, the Bible. Pray the Bible. Pray the Psalms. Pray Leviticus. What? Yes. Yes. Pray it. (laughs) Numbers. (laughs) But pray it. You know why? Because you're in the Word. 
You are in the word. And we're called to do that. Oh, but it's so difficult. I'm not, I'm not a, I, I, I'm a visual person. I have to see it. Well, I don't know. Find a way to do it. God, yes. Ask God for that specific help. We're so fast to ask for other stuff. Ask for that. Help me, oh Lord. Help me. I can't pray. I don't know how to pray. Call someone from here. I need prayer. I'm so embarrassed, but I need prayer. Boom! That's great. It's a great step. My brother, please. I'm struggling. I don't even know what I'm struggling about, but I'm struggling. I feel like that a lot of times. I don't even know what it is. It's all of it. I need a prayer. Can you pray? Can you pray for me? Because I don't even know what I need to pray for. We've done it. That's why we have a church family. Especially when we struggle. Not when it's fun. When it's fun, it's easy. Yes, sir. Only three. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I, I, took, I took from your, from your point. But yes, even Christ asked for prayer. Come pray with me. And I know those three guys were probably caught off guard. Like, he wants us to pray with him? It doesn't matter. He wanted prayer. We need prayer. And I struggle with prayer, but God is sovereign. Let's read this too and we're done. Um, Troy, would you mind reading 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9? And I will take Mark whenever you're ready, Troy. Ready? 7 through 9. 2 Corinthians. His grace is sufficient. Do we really understand what that is in our hearts and minds? His grace is sufficient. Paul struggled. He prayed three times for the Lord to take away. He struggled. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. Pray that you understand what that truly is. <clears throat> yes, sir. Or, no, no, he, answered my, he has not answered my prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we struggle, but he's sovereign. His grace is sufficient. Amen? One more. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that, prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Christ himself asked, but he says, not my will, 
yours. And that is the key. He is a sovereign God. We believe and have faith in a sovereign God. And he is working everything for the good of those who love him. Anything else? I'm going to close. Anything? Yes. February 6th. Yes. We're going to pick up wherever we pick up. (laughs) Now, we'll probably go through uh, Psalm 86 and finish with prayer with Psalm 86. So read it. We're going to talk about who do we pray to? Like David prayed. And all the stuff that's very good and we can gleam from, from that psalm. Okay? So let's pray. Anybody else? Any comments? Any questions? No? Father, what a blessing to come to enjoy a refreshing moment of discussion of your word, your kingdom, with our brothers and sisters. You know the needs, you know the wants, you know everything, Lord, and help us to come to you humbly, knowing that your grace is sufficient, that our life is only for you, Lord, honoring and praising and in gladness to you, Lord. Be with us, Lord, in your name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen.